Domino's Pizza back in the 2000s was known for fast pizza under 30 minutes, but terrible pizza. So you can get bad pizza really fast. That's kind of what they were known for. And they didn't want to be known for that. They wanted to be known for good pizza really fast. But they, as they listened to their customers and, and the feedback and all that was that, yeah, you're, it's terrible. And so instead of just denying it, living a denial of it and explaining it away, they decided, well, let's embrace that and let's, let's get better. This is The Calling with Steve Smith a Family Life original podcast that talks with pastors about the professional and personal challenges they face in their mission to lead others to Christ. Our guest for episode 12 is pastor and author Jeff Jones. Well, we're blessed to be able to be with Jeff Jones, who, by the way, I have never, I don't think I've ever met uh, anyone, Jeff, with the combination Uh, You are a seminary grad, a senior pastor, but also kind of a, not a kind of a, you are a brand marketing expert. What an interesting combination. First of all, tell us how you got the interest in in both of those combinations, kind of like a a brief history. Catch us up to current day from, you know, whenever that started. Well, I'm definitely more of a pastor than a brand marketing expert, but but Cam wrote the book with two people who are. Uh, brand marketing experts, Dwight Jusen, who's one of the top three branding gurus in the country, and Mike Hogan, who led marketing for Frito-Lay and uh, other large companies. And really just through guiding it, leading a church and and meeting with them over the years for the last uh, 20 years we've been in these conversations, I have learned a whole lot. So it's, uh, you know, we, I know it's interesting thinking maybe even confounding to think of a church or Christianity as a brand, uh, but everything is a brand and and we can talk about that. But so as I, as I lead a church and, and, and in trying to do so in a way that can connect with people who don't go to church outside of my community, always have to think about how are we perceived and are we on brand or not? So that's, that's my interest in it. It's more pastoral. The, the name of the book is Rebranding Christianity When the World's Most Important Brand Loses Its Way. So have we lost our way? And what are the thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, so when you talk about rebranding Christianity, what it, what it can sound like is that what I'm saying is we need to go out, find a bunch of slick marketing experts and come up with a whole new thing. Like the the thing we've had for 2000 years isn't working anymore. The emerging generations, you know, like my age of my kids, young adults are leaving and all of that. So we've got to come up with something new. But actually, that's not what we're saying at all. What we're actually saying is let's go back to the brand as Jesus gave it 2000 years ago. And I believe we've drifted from that. And so then, you know, you think, well, what's the brand? And and Jesus told us the brand. You know, he said, "This is how people will know that you're my followers. Like this is it. This is, and and it's another way to say this is your brand. Or all a brand is is how we're perceived, what people think of when they think of us. And Jesus told us what that should be, and and we could talk more about what that is, but but we're not known for that. We're known for the opposite of our brand. Um, so I'll go in. So you know, our brand. Jesus said in John thirteen, the new command. 
He said, a, a new command I give you, love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. And that is how people know you're my disciples, if you love one another. So the brand obviously has something to do with loving one another. But it's, and that's the way we should be known. But it's not just loving the way I would love. It's loving the way Jesus loves. He said, as I have loved you. That's what's new about the new command, which is a huge bar, right? To love like Jesus. And so the first thing people should think of when they think of a Christian, they meet a Christian or find out a Christian's moving next to them or the person just hired as a Christian is they should think, wow, I'm so happy because they're amazing people and they believe some weird stuff maybe, but who loves like that? Like, who's that kind? Who's that generous? Who's that self-sacrificing? Who's always there when you need? I mean, there's just, there's nobody like these people there. And, and that's the way we should be known. And that's not the way we are known. And so that's the problem that the book is talking about. Let's talk about different um, generations. And I'll, I'll admit I'm on the upper end. I'm in the senior generation and mm-hmm. and to to give hope i think to to everyone at least with my observation i'd be curious about yours having been uh, you know until a long time pastor in a, in a in a large church sometimes we think like oh the youth of today but when i look at the youth today and i'm talking about the uh, at least the people i know and have been around the like the 20s and the 30s who are believers or in the in the church they seem to tend more toward the community aspect they they love community they love being together maybe even more so than we older generation do you what do you see with the younger generation it's really interesting so there's there's two things happening at once in the youngest generation let's say generation z Mm -hmm. so outside of christianity there's a growing repulsion against christianity um, they see us as, and, and you don't have to guess this, you know, it's, we have all these polls and all you have to do, if you, if you feel, if you're feeling good today and you want to get depressed, all you got to do, <laughs> it, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but is just Google Gen Z and Christianity. And, uh, and you'll see, you know, Gallup and all these organizations do these polls. And so for those outside the church, what you'll find is their perception of Christianity is very, very low. Only 36% of people in that generation who are not Christian have a positive view toward Christianity. Well, actually, that's not true. Only 36% of the whole generation, not just Christian or not Christian, um, which ironically is the same number on a different poll of how many claim to be Christian. So basically, if you're if you're not a Christian and you're in that generation, you have a very dim view of Christianity. You see Christianity as a bunch of judgmental, arrogant, hypocritical, mean, uh, pushy people, mm-hmm. not loving. Um, however, the 36% who are, uh, when you look at them, and I see that in my church, you may see it in yours, is a very energized group of people. And I think God is doing something new. I, I think there's a sense of newness, a, a sense of the Holy Spirit working in some new ways. And so it is a very energized group of people, not just cultural Christian, but more committed Christian, who uh, really do want to make a difference in their world. They really do want, as you said, to they, uh, they value community among each other. That's intentional. They want to grow. They want to know Christ. They want to they want to make our world better and join him in what he's doing in the mission. And so it's kind of, at the same time, encouraging and discouraging when you look at that generation. And it makes me very hopeful that 
I, I believe that generation is going to get it right and that God will do something new. And so I'm paying attention to that. But outside of, again, the, the discouraging thing is outside of, outside of those who claim to be Christian. It's, uh, it's not just that people are indifferent to Christianity, they're repulsed by it. And, and we've got some work to do because the faith of the next generation is at stake. Um, you know, that if you have about 70% of people checking out of Christianity, uh, that's not great. And uh, so even though there's some encouraging things within the church, outside the church, uh, we, we really need to do better. No, nobody knows the answer to this question, but I'm fascinated. You talk about that generation of the two scopes, the believers and the non-believers, and how different, obviously, uh, they look at Christianity. Uh, when you have things like uh, the revival at Asbury and currently uh, Auburn University, and Auburn University, obviously not a Christian-based university, that that there's this group of people who are bringing revival uh, and, and Jesus to the campus. I want to be a fly on the wall or in the head of the, the non-believer students yeah. is like, what's going on here? Isn't that fascinating? I mean, what's going on? It is fascinating what's going on. And, and again, that gives me hope. It tells me that, you know, God is clearly at work and there's many and they're energizing Christians. Um, and, and I think it's that generation that's going to bring where we've had mission drift in the church, uh, where we've gotten caught up in politicizing the church and uh, and culture wars and all that kind of stuff, it's really caused a very negative perception. It, it's created backlash. Uh, because when you go into warfare mode, that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to create backlash. And that generation really isn't, they're, they're not doing that. And so I, I think they'll, they'll represent Jesus in our world closer to the way Jesus intended than my generation. And, um, and so I am, I am hopeful. But there's a a hole to dig out of in terms of perception of Christianity, to be sure. Talking with Jeff Jones, a uh, pastor uh, down in the Dallas area, Dallas, Texas, and he's combined with people who are marketing experts. And there's a book, Rebranding Christianity, When the World's Most Important Brand Loses Its way. And so we'll get into the branding, particularly in a second, uh, as far as specifics. But uh, how about the people when that maybe have been hurt by the church? You know, they've, they've, whether, no matter what age, uh, all of a sudden, for any number of reasons, yeah. been hurt by the church. Uh, you know, where do we go from there? How do we, how do we get those people back into the church? I think we have to double down on the brand, which is to love the way Jesus loved. And, and you know, the way the way he loved is you know, he was called a friend of sinners, tax collectors, a glutton and a drunkard. He wasn't a glutton and a drunkard, but he was a friend of sinners and tax collectors, right? And so he moved toward those whom religious people push away. And um, and there's it's so, a you know Jesus and the Pharisees and that whole you know thing, right? And where they were putting up a wall, um, he was building a bridge. And all a bridge is, is just a, a wall turned sideways, if you think about it, right? And mm. that's what Jesus was doing. And I, I think we need to, I think we need to move toward people. And I also think we have to be really honest that, hey, we've, we've not always been who Jesus called us to be. And what we should be is the most welcoming, most hospitable community in the universe. Come as you are, anybody, right? And, and it's not stay as you are, but... But the way Jesus related is he had a wide welcome to a narrow 
to a narrow path. And Christians recently have had sort of a narrow welcome to a narrow path. And so it's hurt a lot of people. And so that for a whole lot of people, church is the last place they could think they could go to find acceptance, to find love. And it should be the first. It should be the place you know, hey, I may be rejected everywhere, but I know those people, they're going to love me. And uh, and so we, we've really just got to change our whole mindset and perspective, I think. And, and it's interesting because with this book being out, I'm hearing from a whole lot of people who are in that category, who have church hurt, who are, and the book is actually giving them hope that, hey, you know what, maybe there is a kind of Christianity that I haven't been exposed to. And rather than just walking away, maybe I should give it another chance. And, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that'll continue to be true. You talked about the generation, and, and you mentioned a lot of the negatives, how they view Christianity, the, the non-believers. And uh, we didn't mention money. Um, you know, it's like, all they want is money. All they want is money. And does it get confusing? And do some churches run into problems when it's like business? It's church as a business. Is there a problem in there? And how much in the book do you touch on that? Yeah, we really don't touch on church's business part. And, um, you know, that's a that's a, a big conversation. And I I think I think more if whether it's a business or an organization, because, you know, that generation doesn't mind a business that's got a mission that is a good mission in this world and is authentically pursuing it with integrity. And so you can think of brands like Patagonia that is hugely important in that, in that age group um, because they have a clear mission and they're on, you know, and, and yeah, they're a business, but they're, they're really about making our world better. And so they funnel their resources and they funnel their funds away. That's not about building themselves up, but making the world a better place. You know, to give and away. That's the way people. Yeah. No, go ahead. And and so I, I think of that generation, if that's how they saw church, and even though we, yeah we raise a lot of money, um, what they should think is, man, there's nobody that that uses money to do as much good as the church. I'm going to put my. I may not even be a Christian, but I'm going to put my money there because nobody does it like them. And uh, and of course, that's not the way we're perceived because of all the leaders and high profile people and all that with lavish lifestyles or whatever it is that they see. So yeah, we, what, what should be happening is we should be seen as the best investment of resources to make a difference in the world. Uh, but, you know, again, we've, we've got some work to do. Talking with pastor Jeff Jones and you've combined forces with some marketing folks, uh, uh, Mike Hogan, uh, one of them, and and I'm not going to give away everything in the book, and you don't have to either. But you guys do a number of brand case studies, and uh, what what did maybe you find out that was interesting, or or maybe encouraging, or just the different things when you uh, saw some of these branding of products, and you try to not you're not saying that the church is that, but just what some things that you found that you were surprised to find out, and any similarities, or you know things that are sure. totally different. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, you know, they were, you know, when you see other organizations that start very, you know, with a very clear mission and and all that, and then sort of lose sight of that and drift away from it and lose trust of their customer and all of that. And then some of them turn that around. And so there are things certainly to learn. And so I think one of the ones that was most compelling to me was the Domino's Pizza uh, case study. 
where, uh, you know, Domino's Pizza back in the 2000s, early 2000s, was known for fast pizza under 30 minutes, but terrible pizza. So you can get bad pizza really fast. That's kind of what they were known for. And they didn't want to be known for that. They wanted to be known for good pizza really fast. But they, as they listen to their customers and, and the feedback and all that was that, yeah, you're, it's terrible. And so they, instead of just denying it, living a denial of it and explaining it away, they decided, well, let's embrace that and let's, let's get better. And so they did. And, and so they were thinking, how do we win the trust of customers that we've lost? And so what they decided to do, you may remember this, was this ad campaign of real customers saying real things about their pizza. And it was, they said terrible things. They, you know, one person said, uh, Domino's pizza is worse than the box it comes in. <laughs> you know, and uh, and they put that out there, you know, and um, about their own pizza. It was just frank honesty is is what they decided to do. And then they said, well, and we're, that, that's who we are. That's who we've been. But that's not who we're going to be anymore. And we know you don't trust us enough to buy one of our pizzas. So we're going to give you a free one. And just by being honest about the problem they had and taking ownership and changing the product in a way and letting people experience it, it's it's one of the greatest turnaround stories in American business history. It, in 2007, at that time, their stock had gone down to about $3 a share. Uh, today, it's well over $300 a share. Um, it's outpaced Apple. Um, it's outpaced Google. Um, you know, and it's outpaced Amazon in that time frame, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, you know, pizza. But I, I think I think the analogy for us is if we're going to win the trust of generation that's walking away from church, um, then. I think just trying to say, trying to do some slick marketing campaign would be the worst thing we can do. It's really about just being honest and saying, you know what, we we're not we're not who we want to be. You know, we want to be like Jesus. We want to love like Him. And and for all the experiences you've had, that's just a perversion of Christianity. If it's not that, it's not it's not the genuine thing. And we're not perfect, but man, we're we're really trying to get it right. And people can handle that. Like even in the book, I, I've given this book to non-believing friends of mine, um, and especially those who are outside of my area who don't know much about our, our church. It's been really interesting because they've been the most enthusiastic about it, and they're buying it for their friends who don't know Jesus, which is, I didn't expect that. But there's a sense of curiosity and, and trust that's been built where, you know, like one person said to me, you know, we know you stink. We didn't know you knew you stank and that you're willing to do something about it. And that's interesting. Doesn't it come down to, and you've already touched on it, I mean, the brand is to love like Jesus loved. And and even though we talk about the church and the church and, you know, getting the, the word out there, but the church is the people. And the people individually, yep. one by one, loving their neighbor, loving their coworker, loving their that's that's really what we need to do. And you've already touched on that, but that it comes from the people, right? It really does. I mean it and and that's why you see in the New Testament, you know, when you get to the solution side of this, the good news for me as a writer is I didn't have to I didn't really have to make up anything. <laughs> um all I had to do was just do what Jesus said. And what the apostles said to the churches of how collectively, as a group and individually, 
how to live out the brand in a compelling way. And, and you have all these passages, you know, like Jesus, like uh, Peter, you know, writing to the Christians in Rome, you know, said, it's God's will that your honorable life should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Um, he also says in, in the next chapter, you know, live in such a way that people actually ask for the reason for the hope that you have, like you're creating this sense of curiosity and pull by the way that you live. You know, Paul told people, you know, the book of Titus to live in such a way that they make the teaching about God our save, Savior attractive in every way. Uh, Paul told the Colossians, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so you'll have the right response for everyone. You know, he told the Philippians, do everything without complaining and arguing in a polarized world. That's a good thing to remember so that no one can criticize you talking about nonbelievers. You know, he told, again, those in Crete in the book of Titus to live in such a way that those who oppose us will be ashamed that they ever had anything bad to say about us. I could keep going. Right. But there's just over and over again, we're called to realize that everywhere we are, we are brand ambassadors, whether we realize it or not. And the way people think of Jesus is in large part by the experience they have in us. And and as Paul told, you know, the believers in Corinth, you know, everywhere we are is an assignment. Uh, it's not random. Uh, it's a placement is another word that's used there. And so, yes, I, I think help realizing that we're all there to represent Jesus. And what does that look like? I, I think it means what if we went to work every day, school every day, golf club every day, wherever you go every day? thinking if if the way people are going to see Jesus largely depends on their interaction with me today, then how's that going to change the way that I live and love? Hmm. And and what would it look like if I was going to be, if, if I'm supposed to love like Jesus, that's what he said, then today, every interaction I go into thinking, okay, let's ratchet it up to that. Not just me being loving, but it's kind of like the old WWJD, what would Jesus do? But how would Jesus love? Like, and then do that. And in a self-focused world, it will be remarkable. The name of the book, Rebranding Christianity, When the World's Most Important Brand Loses Its Way. Uh, Dallas Pastor Jeff Jones, combined with some uh, marketing folks, uh, wrote a very intriguing and interesting book and uh, compelling. And, and we are to be more, as we've talked about uh, during this conversation, Jeff, uh, more and more like Jesus every day, and I think we have to give God the glory just for our conversation, because uh, Jeff is a Dallas pastor. Uh, How long have you been a (laughs) Dallas Cowboys football fan? How long, Jeff? You know, I moved here in 1989, mm-hmm. but I, w- I grew up as a Dallas Cowboy yeah. fan. I grew up in Alabama, okay. but I, 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 was a, I was a Dallas Cowboy fan from a little kid. Right, me too. Uh, for yeah. my whole life. Right, and I grew up in the Philadelphia area, been a Philadelphia fan. For those who do not know, those who already oh, know no, that are sports fans, I mean, yeah. Dallas and Philadelphia— football do not mix we can't uh, but we have <laughs> shown you that's we, oil in the water we we give we give god the glory right because we were able to have a conversation not once did we argue <laughs> or or talk trash or anything like that and we we're able to have a civil conversation how about that huh that's amazing that's amazing that should give everybody hope you're exactly <laughs> right that's great hey jeff thanks for your time appreciate it thanks for your book rebranding christianity when the world's most important brand loses its way and uh, continued uh, blessings on you and uh, your family and your church. And uh, thanks for taking the time to, to discuss uh, a very important subject. We are the, you know, the people, the people are the church, and we need to be more like Jesus every day. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to Episode 12 of The Calling, a Family Life original podcast for pastors. If you like what you heard, be sure to share it with others and click subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Be sure to check out all of Family Life's original podcasts, including Therese Talk, If That Makes Sense, The Powerable Podcast, and Business by the Book. You can find them wherever you download content or at familylife.org. Family Life is a not-for-profit listener-supported ministry, relying on your generous support to make podcasts like this possible. Find out how you can get involved when you go to familylife.org.